0: Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline What's moderate voices. I
1: don't think anybody should be surprised that, that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent whatsoever. We know who the hard left are? who
0: associate with the hard left. You just said that we were the right-wing. a hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left wing position, hard, you hard, left. hard left. left, hard 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 left, hard
1: left, hard 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 hard left, hard so, you betcha. a little bit ago, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, because I burned through it all pretty quickly, I got it in my head that I wanted to watch The Shield. Now, had you guys... you love cops? It, it is. A... <laughs> yeah, it, it's a Blue Lives Matter kind of stance, obviously. But yeah, you guys, like, were you familiar with The Shield prior to this? I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd heard of it.
2: Uh, I knew it was kind of... Broadly contemporary of the the Wire when that was on, and yeah. more focused specifically on like
0: police corruption. All I really knew is it's one of uh, CCH Pounder's big roles. Mm-hmm. Who who is CCH Pounder? Uh, the ba-
1: black lady detective. Oh, cool. Wait, well, she's fucking awesome in it. Yeah, she, she, she is. drops is, up in yeah. loads
2: of stuff. Often in quite minor roles, and she's usually good.
1: Yeah, yeah. But she's got a meaty role in uh, in, mm. in in The Shield, which is good because according to Sean Ryan, the show's impressively bald creator, she uh, was originally going <laughs> oh, to be a male character. Yeah, right. we can talk about The Shield and baldness. I think that's a huge yeah. area to get into, you know. <laughs> it's one of the baldest shows I've ever seen. I don't even mean that in a negative way. We can like,
2: add to like politically bald, uh, spiritually bald, artistically bald, and then there's
1: now also like uh, extrajudiciary bald. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, but no, I think the thing is just the people behind the show, especially Sean Ryan and its star Michael Chicklis. These guys, they, you know, they've lived and breathed baldness for you know, yeah so long. It's an integral part of them. like the show's They understand awesome. how it shapes a man. The bald, the bald jokes in the show are just like the most on point bald jokes (laughs) you can hear outside of left Twitter. Like it'll just be like, Vic meets up with an old police buddy who had to leave for force because I don't know. He was even more corrupt than Vic or something. And they'll just be like, Hey, buddy, see this. See, there's been no more progress on the cure for baldness. It's just (laughs) like, yes. Yes. I hope Sean Ryan wrote that himself. Like when,
2: when I watch the rest of the series, uh, I'm going to be taking notes just purely to like use them on Twitter on dickheads.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Screenshot
2: with some get, get so any... page full of bald jokes. Uh, yeah, go. any Cheers. of the sick bald
1: bits. So I had heard of this show. I think initially I read about it in a Charlie Brooker column back before he kind of went soft. Um, Charlie Brooker wrote about. Um, the shield a a few times in his screen burn column for the guardian and he was very positive about it and i think he described it as a kind of pulpier alternative to the wire which he also loved but it was showing uh you know a different facet of uh, american television but also one that was you know more artistically rich than than years past Uh, right on i found charlie brooker from 2007 talking about the sixth series of the shield i don't think this is necessarily the bit i originally read i think maybe after this i'll i'll you know dig out my books by him that i read as a teen and see if i can find that review from which i think was from the early 2000s okay good news so i found charlie brooker's book screenburn television with its face torn off wading past the forward by graham linehan i have found the Uh, review of The Shield, where he describes it as an excellent US import, starring Michael Chiklis as Vic Mackey, a cop who doesn't play by the rules of basic human decency. Yes, he's corrupt, but it doesn't end there. He's merely the rottenest apple in a whole barrel of baddens, a sort of bad lieutenant squad. The show delights in confounding the audience with a tangled maze of moral dilemmas. The plot showed Mackie beating a confession from an arrogant paedophile. Ah, so he's bad, but he gets results. Passing bribe money to a hooker so she can buy her son some toys. He's bad, but he's got a heart then coldly shooting dead one of his own officers. Oh, he's... just bad. It's relentlessly brutal throughout, the sort of program where everyone greets each other by saying, ''Hey, asshole!'' instead of ''Hello!'' and even the ''Nice Cop,'' a nerdy homicide detective, is shown commenting favorably on the breasts of a murder victim. With violent action sequences, of which there are plenty, cut in time to an angry new metal soundtrack for added hard on value. And it's very true that the soundtrack of The Shield is basically like one of our friend Sinan Ko's classics of early 2000s new metal and butt rock Spotify playlists. Brooker continues, The main distraction is that Chicklist resembles both Mitchell brothers. There you go, see another Ross Kemp allusion as you'll hear when we get to the later Brooker review of The Shield. Crossed with Bruce Willis. Often he manages to look precisely like all three of them at the same time. No wonder he won an Emmy. And regarding Brooker's point about how even the ostensibly quote-unquote good cop, Dutch is somebody who you see checking out the tits of a murder victim very early on in the show. There is this kind of latent creepiness to the Dutch character, which I mention when I compare him to a sort of lovable Big Bang Theory nerd, who are, of course, all very creepy guys. And uh, in the show Sons of Anarchy, written by um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. alumni Kurt Sutter... The guy who plays Dutch, whose name I'm blanking on right now, has an excellent small role as this ATF agent who is an obsessive stalking creep. So there there always was that kind of creepiness under the character which uh, Kurt Sutter saw and put to good use. But um, he says speaking of lookalikes casual chat <laughs> he's getting in on the bald jokes here as well you'll see <laughs> speaking of lookalikes casual channel surfers could be forgiven for mistaking the first episode of season six of the shield friday 11 p.m five for an especially imagine watching something on tv at its appointed time like damn <laughs> retro on channel an,
2: five no less <laughs>
1: Channel surfing, yeah, I know, that's that's a, such a coup for Channel 5 that they got for the S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. <laughs> Mad respect for that. And casual channel surfers could, could be forgiven for mistaking the first episode of Season 6 of The S.H.I.E.L.D. for an especially frantic episode of Ross Kemp on Gangs, since he and lead actor Michael <laughs> Chiklis picture look eerily similar, although the arrival, <laughs> although the arrival of Forrest Whitaker should put paid to that delusion. Next of a solemn pace and meticulous attention to detail of greatest show on television, The Wire. For Shield feels more like a hard-boiled Frank Miller cartoon, all banging doors and wise-ass dialogue, a hundred miles from reality. I- I'd say, except in its depiction of how awful the police are as an institution. <laughs> but it's yeah. fearsomely addictive once you're in, like The Wire, despite arriving in big seasons-shaped chunks. It's telling one long, winding tale. If you haven't been on board from the start, you're missing out. And annoyingly, the release of previous seasons on DVD here in the UK has fallen way behind the US pace. Don't worry, guys, since 2007, that's been sorted out. It's all on... It's finally caught up. It's on Now TV <laughs> and... and, and not on... on a,
2: it's on Amazon, that's fine. It's what on I Amazon Prime,
1: it. Yeah. that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. all on Amazon Prime. Like, uh, if you've got an account there, you can stream it. Remember DVDs
2: getting to buy it. Well, uh, you, you can still get them, but like, remember <laughs> actually, like, that being like the prime way to like watch a show you liked.
1: Yeah, damn. Yeah, it was, uh, oh God. Ah. Damn. Good point. <laughs> and annoyingly, <laughs> the release of previous seasons on DVD here has fallen, uh, but we already got that. But sod it. Order them from abroad. Or download them. There you go. Charlie Brooker was always a bit ahead of the <laughs> curve on tech stuff, so I guess he was illegally downloading stuff back in those days. Hours of thrilling yeah. goodness await, and it's well worth catching up. I agree there, Charlie. I think he's right about the show lacks the kind of solemn pace of The Wire. One thing I love about it is they're like, we need to bring this guy in, and then there'll be a cut and they're bringing the guy in.
2: Yes. Actually. Yeah, there's quite I've, a lot of that in the pilot with the um the, the child abduction and the suspect's in that, you know.
1: Yeah. I, I I love that. It's um more reminiscent of Oz than The Wire or The Sopranos. Like uh, Oz mm-hmm. was also another kind of groundbreaking TV show in this point in. I think Oz actually maybe even started a couple of years before the sopranos in 97 but it was still going at this point in the early 2000s and um yeah and and that is also just a fucking super kind of like packed show with like just stuff happening just massively fast-paced and eventful in every Mm -hmm. episode and and i really dig that about the shield even though again as charlie brooker identifies it's telling a much longer narrative. Like the the, the the final season is very much uh continuing the story told in that very first episode. What what were you guys' thoughts on on the the first episode and how they introduced the characters and the Farmington Police Department? Farmington's a made-up Los yeah. Angeles uh precinct, I guess.
2: Yeah. But very much yeah. based on 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 some of the uh some of the real ones. But um I'm I thought it was quite interesting as I was watching it because it really seemed to be a show that was going back and forth during that episode on like whether to portray, particularly the 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 character of Vic, of, of the, the Michael Chiklis character, is obviously the the main guy, the sort of alpha of that team. Um, hmm. Whether to portray him as like uh, a mean badass cop who doesn't play by the rules, but damn, he gets results, or just a complete cunt, and it was, <laughs> it was really going between the two of them.
1: Um, yeah. Sort of he does walk that line a lot. He's a classic early two mm. thousands male anti-hero. I mean, in yeah. television, <laughs> male anti-hero. He's up there with Tony Soprano, mm-hmm. and uh, uh I guess this is more late two thousands. But but then later, Walter White would exemplify yeah. this kind of trend in in TV as well. Um, yeah. Although he, his baldness obviously puts Walter White to shame.
2: Yeah, that obviously, without uh, being too specific, you know, just in case anyone's going to go and watch it after this, but it does kind of come down a bit firmer on one side at the end of the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's not trying to trying to glorify him and, and make him a complete hero.
1: But, yeah, um, I mean, skip forward thirty. Dynamic. Skip forward forward thirty seconds, people who don't want to hear this, but yeah. you know, Vic, uh, although he is the protagonist of the show. He murders another cop at the end of the first episode who is going undercover in his unit strike team to investigate yeah. him. Uh,
2: strike So team- obviously what I mean about taking a side is that it takes the right side in that cop killers are good.
1: <laughs> yeah the unproblematic protagonist of the show they're like oh is he good is he a bad guy and then at the end they're like hero <laughs> well, there's murdering cops and there's
2: murdering cops
1: <laughs> there's um yeah, I mean, it is just, it's kind of a show. I'd, I'd say like the main theme running through, through it is like the blue wall of silence and the kind of police yes. solidarity, which this idea that uh, within the police, you always have to work according to a kind of unspoken code where you put your other officers first. Be it in yeah. terms of like violence or kind of just cutting corners in a case and like diddling the facts or whatever, you know, there's this, you know, un- well, I won't, I won't even say unspoken because it's pretty, pretty yeah. explicit. It's, nobody it's quite in
2: explicit. the yeah, yeah.
1: Nobody in the police department likes a rat. Nobody, you know, likes... they'll put up with
0: your bullshit because one day you might be the only thing between them and death or something, you know. But
2: it's yeah. um.
0: It's what's interesting. It almost goes further
2: than that, and it's it's sort of portraying the police or that police force as an institution that almost forcibly drags everyone in it to a very specific personality. Because yes. you've got, for example, in the in the first episode, them all going for that Dutch guy about being too big for his boots based on what seems to be like <laughs> quite minor stuff, you know? And it's very much like, you no, know, you have the wrong personality here, you are changing it, or yeah. we're bullet you. And then Dutch, the, Dutch yeah.
1: is an awesome character because he's like a kind of like uh love lovable nerd from the big bang yeah. theory who's a bit creepy but kind of overall good. Uh Proper kind of stuff stuff <laughs> shirt detective type, isn't it? Yeah, you know? but he yeah. just happens to be in this like super gritty cop show. And so they portray him and Claudette Wims like doing good police work, like yeah. it as a counterpoint to Vic who just busting <laughs> heads, you know. <laughs> A one More of my fuel
2: favorites. for the anti nerd, uh, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's so much like bullying. That's the other thing about the police department, like this yeah. unspoken code. You've got to behave a certain way, it's incredibly matched,
0: it's so toxic,
1: but, Yeah, you a can't, slightly you can't
0: show weakness.
2: A slightly different tone on, on the same effect is in the, the second episode as well. They've obviously got that rookie cop, um, who's uh on patrol with the woman whose name you just said that I can't remember. Whims, um, is it? Yes, yeah. And they he like knocks over a stand and, and sort of ruins uh, the mm-hmm. the murder scene and so on or the, the,
1: the crime scene. Is that Julian uh, that cop who in that scene? I don't remember the specific scene. Uh, black guy. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Very then, tall. But,
2: yeah, so like, they kind of browbeating him a bit for that. He's obviously not someone that's rubbing up against them the wrong way, like that shit, but they're very much like, you got to do police that way. And then they all, when they're all out at the bar afterwards, they're very much like, um, hey, this girl likes cops and you're the new one. So she's going with you. And he's like, no, no you are fucking doing it, you know? Yeah. Very much like, <laughs> like here's all the ways in which we're. The minor and major in which we're corrupt and dodgy and so on. What? You're a cop now. You're fucking doing these, whether you like them or not. You know, it's well, sort of get get everyone as compromised as them as soon as possible. You know,
1: exactly. Yeah, they all they all get 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 someone to suck him off, and they're all watching and laughing but the mm. thing with julian is though actually he's kind of tough and masculine and physically intimidating enough to fit mm. in in the police force uh, although obviously there's a lot of racism in the police force kind of goes without yeah. saying uh, this is yeah. a, a kind of you know there's black and white officers in this force i'd say mostly white actually it is most mostly white cops um, mm. kind of yeah. especially in strike team which is basically all white apart from they have one black guy at one point and uh, shane Uh, Yeah, basically him and Walton Goggins' character uh, cannot coexist in the team for very long. Julian is kind of like, he's tough enough to make it in the police force, but he's got an Achilles heel, which is that he's gay (laughs) and he is also a really, really hardline Christian. Evangelical Christian. Yeah. Yeah. As the series progresses, he gets conversion therapy uh with his oh, church. Fun. Yeah. Ooh, fun. Uh, yeah. It's very odd, actually. I mean, I kind of some, some spoilers on the Julian thing, but he um his storyline about his sexuality is just kind of ditched. Like he he basically <laughs> he get he gets a beard. You know, he marries a woman mm-hmm. uh, and and starts raising her son because he he just really wants to epitomise the kind of masculinity that he sees as ideal yeah. and 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 faithful to the Lord. Be the sort of wholesome family man type guy, yeah. Exactly, yeah. because he you know Vic finds out that he's gay and like blackmails him earlier in the series as as you would expect Vic. To. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. The thing with Vic though is that he doesn't seem to actually care that he's gay or anything. He just wants to use it against him. In uh, just, to comp- that's the specific.
2: It's like leverage
1: it's a tool. Yeah. 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 yeah 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 like Vic is more like casually racist and homophobic and stuff than like walton goggins's character shane who's Vic's second guy is a proper racist like he is always just yeah. and slurs. oh and with stuff.
0: the basketball player and every uh that, that that gets really racist
1: yeah well the show has like five thousand times more racial slurs in it than it has like the F word or anything <laughs> <laughs> Although he does I'm sure Shane
0: Does also say Faggot
1: at some point Oh that That word I mean Yeah he does No I mean that Like racist And homophobic oh, Slurs and stuff okay. I just mean that Like US network TV Has that weird Squeamishness about fuck Because like it Right mean, It means sex or Sexual something. things But then yeah. they've got like Forced blowjobs And shit Just like on screen So I, d- I don't know what Where I don't know how US advertisers And networks Negotiate <laughs> Don't it. say it You can show it Yeah <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 um what was i saying about yeah julian's sexuality so he marries this woman and uh like he's got his conversion therapy and everything and 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 like he he really wants to have a child with her uh so they keep trying but basically he just can't get up because he's not bisexual he's he's just gay like he's not into women like fair enough and he and but he does not think that's fair enough because of his religious beliefs and sort of you know for just for for shame conditioned into people um Mm -hmm. and he he goes to uh like have a fertility test and they show him like in the Room where you wank. I don't know what it's called. Um, the wanking thing. <laughs> the, the, the Tom Watson's secret lock, drenched yeah. wank bunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Tom Watson's secret lock, drenched wank bunker, he, uh, he like uh, can't get it up again. He's trying like he's like trying to wank over like this picture of his wife but it's not even, like, a sexy picture or anything. It's just, like, a normal picture of, her, like, a her kid's probably in it or something. It's very, very unsexy. It's not, not wanking material. And the, and so uh, he, like, has a look through the magazine, finds a gay porn magazine, starts wanking over that, and sure enough, the man has no problem with his penis. It works perfectly fine. Um, then, like, the next scene you see dealing with his sexuality is, like, he basically, like, rapes his wife. Like, I don't... It's, like it's really really rough and she doesn't seem to be enjoying it I don't know and then after that they never return to it again like it's just like right right, like straight now or something
0: He, he rapes her and himself straight
1: yeah, yeah, I was just like, oh, well, it, it, just if you, if you do it hard enough, then you, you become straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, then she'll ha- definitely have that cue. You're just not trying hard <laughs> enough. Yeah, uh, but that, that's so odd. And Shane Ryan, uh, Sean Ryan rather, said in an interview I listened to, but they felt there was just nothing really... And Julian does remain a character. Julian's police work does remain really relevant to the show. But, um, they, but I think he said he felt that there was nothing more that he could add to uh the homosexuality storyline. And what I think was legitimate in how he explained that was that um, basically one one season of The Shield will pick up immediately after... For the last one so right. it's not like it's taking space over the span of years and stuff yeah you know and so julian probably wouldn't be in the closet then have gay relationships then go through conversion therapy then be married then realize it's not working and and get with a man like uh all within the space of the short space of time that the shield is set in so although it is very fast <laughs> it's a total like loose end in the show you can see you can see why um, in that regard sure but that's all about like stuff you have you guys haven't watched so i apologize for that <laughs> <laughs> i've just given you the entire julian sexuality arc there <laughs> uh nothing too shocking really yeah well apart from that the last bit but yeah <laughs> you'll have to, to see if you have weird. the same interpretation of that scene as me i was gonna say as well one of my favorite characters is uh, david Aceveda, who oh the police chief He's basically yeah. just like a Democratic Party politician who, <laughs> who happens to be using the police force as his stepping stone on the way to political office. Is like an awesome role. He's just this pure suit who is not respected at all by the police officers who he is ostensibly initially... The, G-Bob. uh just yeah uh, uh, a total suit who uh, everyone knows it's just it reminds me like there's a lot of times when like Vic Mackey has a certain way of just being incredibly hyper really aggressive to uh, to any anyone in a way that is just like astronomical to see like wow like he could totally have just done that in a less intimidating way um but just the way that he'll just like go up to someone and say you're so full of you you got your it's not literally they don't literally mention obama but like it, it uh that mm-hmm. thing that nicholas cage says in paul schrader's *For dying of the light like you got your you got your head so far up obama's ass all you can see is his shit like you know how um, in mm-hmm. tim heidecker's decker Uh, His, like, super spy character always just goes up to the president and is just, like, in his garbled, like, kind of uh, inarticulate way, like, well, you know, uh, all you care about, Mr. President, is uh, bureaucracy and um, America needs... More than just uh, bureaucracy, like uh, fighting the Taliban, Uh, Mr. President, fuck you. Like, that's sort of how how (laughs) Vic Mackey, but in a more uh, aggressive way, addresses people. And and his interactions with Aceveda are awesome for that reason, because he just has no respect for
0: him.
1: But he—he's a really cool character because there are so many people like Acevedo who are just rising up in the political ranks in these like all Democratic Party cities and in America. And I mean, you can say the same about people in Britain as well. Like, it's just such a local government archetype. Yeah, yeah. Like by the end, Acevedo's running for mayor. You know, <laughs> he's he—he's <laughs> totally in it as a politician. Oh, even in
0: the early episodes he makes it very clear over and over again that he's looking for office, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's and not really um a surprising
1: direction I guess. And he's like not even like I mean he's really he's so like out for himself. He's not he's more progressive than than Vic Mackey, but he's not like mm. super progressive. It's just that he's Democratic Party because everyone's Democratic in that area. Yeah. That's just you know what what you what you are if you want to get elected um so yeah he's not like a super um, reform he's like anti-corruption but it's easy to be anti-corruption He's not even that anti-corruption. I mean, no spoilers, but (laughs) (laughs) he, he, you know, he's a smart operator. He get he's prepared to get his hands dirty. He's anti
0: other people's corruption.
1: Oh man, there's an awesome scene like (laughs) later in the series where Aceveda beats up this like drug kingpin. (laughs) Like before that, he is just the biggest cock, but he's really like at one point Aceveda gets taken hostage by these two. Thugs and forced to do something very unpleasant. uh What's real? <laughs> he has to suck one of their dicks. I mean, and but what's really uh, they take a picture of it. What's really funny? I mean, it kind of just cracked me up in terms of like this show's portrayal of uh, uh toxic masculinity, if you will. Like, it pains me to <laughs> to use like such a buzzword phrase, but like, even it's not even coming from a man, but just in terms of these like horrible conceptions of like uh what being a man is like when Acevedo confesses to his wife that he's been all fucked up by being forced to suck this guy's dick at gunpoint she's just like what you didn't let this guy murder you oh what kind of a man are you it's like wow i really expected like just a little bit of compassion (laughs) just a small bit of sympathy for her husband who was forced to do a horrible sexually assaulted with the the choice of doing that or be killed yeah (laughs) but you know but but sean ryan even said like that was a very conscious choice but they wanted to like flip the script by have his wife not be supportive about it this is the see this is the show i don't know if the shield is it can be classed as reactionary art but it's certainly i guess they were under a certain pressure to like do things differently to the other shows because after the first series that was the reputation that they picked up like the shield would go to places uh, like having your lead cop murder another cop in the first episode that maybe <laughs> other shows wouldn't yeah yeah, not very law and order yeah it's very reminiscent of of Oz in that regard not which who... I still need to see yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oz, is, Oz is awesome Oz is just super cool uh, if he, I, yeah, you've definitely sold it to me in the past. I I did. Uh, I had an interaction with with Pete Wokebane um, a while ago where he was like, he tweeted that he needed to rewatch Oz, and I tweeted to him like, Oz fucking rules, man. And um, <laughs> he he I I was like confused as to why he'd censored Oz. In his tweet, he'd like put an <laughs> in it. and then I realized, like, oh, the good and the battles <laughs> Yeah, so I like, I, I, I got that. I bang that. You know, it's like the kind of plugin, or whatever, that you, you can like change the words on a web page, It's just for you or whatever, and screenshot it and yeah. sort of stuff. Like, sorry, I don't know how to explain tech-related things, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I um. Uh, I, I I basically like did uh, my it said on my tweet like translate from blah 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 to my Oz fucking rules man tweet so I translate I put translate you fucking a sadist prick ah how dare you a is awful and you love him <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I ever said on the show I totally thought that was was Bappin was Oz Katterjee for ages like not that the account was like, I don't, I wasn't aware they
2: of had the beef account with each you know. other.
1: I just thought that when people talked about Bappin they were like making uh, a, it was like a nickname for Oscar G because it always seemed to be in the context of like calling people a sadists and shit.
2: <laughs> no, there's more than one of them. Well, they were. Eh?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, it's the fucking gone, the CIA okay. aren't just going to have one asset, are they? <laughs> What else came to mind in The Shield? Because I know if we if we wrap it up hastily, then a load of stuff that I thought of uh, is going to come to me, and I'm going to kick myself afterwards. Bald, bald, bald thought. baldness. There was definitely a lot of baldness on show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like the the cast is really cool. I mean, like it's like it, it centers around this elite police unit who are like a kind of anti-gang unit called strike, strike team. team yeah man strike team Team <laughs> strike team america <laughs> and, badasses yeah and they're they're obviously like these super badass racist guys like i mean <laughs> like i say, <said>, like <laughs> uh much. the main racist is shane vendrell played by walton goggins <laughs> there's a really funny bit where like in the final season julian for reasons i won't get into ends up joining strike team and um he he's like they're doing an undercover sting of some sort and like vic and shane are talking about going in undercover and uh julian's like no offense guys but i think the only uh, gang that you guys could really fit in with is the aryan brotherhood <laughs> yeah <laughs> Spilling, yeah But the other guys in Strike Team, you've got Shane, who's the second in command, who's just a real loose cannon. Just, you know, a a terrible, terrible guy. Like, I really wanted um, Shane uh, to be killed early in the season, which is a weird contradictory feeling (laughs) because I love Walton Goggins. He's such a good actor and I love watching him <laughs> but i just felt really like i wanted shane to die horribly and then he does in the end but it's like not in a way that i was happy with I, not in a dramatically ineffective way i mean just in a way that i was like oh that's uh, that's horrible actually <laughs> <laughs> right, it's,
2: it's impressive it makes you feel that strongly about the, the character because he's one of those people he turns up and stuff and you just think of him for like the first half hour or the first couple of episodes well, oh it's Milton
1: gogins there he is yeah right. Anyway, <laughs> the son of the character Mrs. Goggins from Postman Pat. Yes. <laughs> uh he yeah, no, Walton Goggins is a great actor, man. There's mm. this uh film called The Accountant. Yeah, yeah, you know that drive by trucker's song, uh Sinkhole, where it's like about yeah. it's like about the fucking banker who like comes to take away the guy's farm and he kills him and buries oh, yeah. his body in the sinkhole and then he goes to church and looks the preacher in the eye afterwards like that great song that song was um inspired by the short film the accountant which won the 2002 best short film oscar cool. Um it's basically they get this accountant down to sort out the family farm ray mckinnon plays the accountant and i think walton goggins plays for sort of sad sack guy who's got to sell the farm and at that point he was still called walt goggins I guess he didn't appreciate that Walton Goggins is like the coolest name in the entirety of cinema. (laughs) There's no need to abbreviate it. I can't remember who he was in Django Unchained, but I imagine it was a Klansman. (laughs) He was in Lincoln. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Let's have a look. Walton. He plays Billy Crash in... uh, uh, well, Billy Crash isn't relevant enough to the plot to like feature in the synopsis. So, <laughs> um, but but he's a really great actor. Like he's in that show, Justified, which seems I think it's a kind of like modern day Western thing with um, uh, Timothy Oliphant in it as well. And I think that's written by a former Shield writer. He's fucking awesome. In its later seasons, the show has some really cool guest stars like um, Glenn Close does a season playing right. she she abides by the sort of blue the blue wall of silence you know she's like really someone who's in touch with the cops on the force um but then she basically gets shunted out because like you know the the brass like <laughs> are never happy with after Aceveda goes the brass never can settle on who should be captain of the station uh, <laughs> they offer dutch it once but because dutch is very principled he's like fuck you uh, which I, you know, again, got you got to respect Dutch for his his uh, professionalism uh, and principles. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling here.
2: I did greatly enjoy the scene where he's just yelling about his ding
1: dongs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they've got a lot, quite a bit of like donut content in the show. Lots of donuts being eaten by the cots, uh, and then. This ain't your granddad's, Chief Wiggum. (laughs) I have to say, like, uh, Michael Chiklis, like, in character as Vic Mackey, is, like, one of the most intimidating, relatively short men that you're ever going to (laughs) see. Like, he doesn't tower over anyone, really, but he, you know, he he could fuck them up anyway. And you see a picture of him before he shaved his head for the Vic Mackey role? And he's, like, you know, balding. He's got these little tufts of hair all over his head, and he looks like fucking George out of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see that, yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, shaving his head was a real masterful fact, was he, stroke. Was he not in Seinfeld? <laughs> oh, maybe he was. I mean, he was in a couple of, like, comedy shows. Not not in a major
2: uh, role, but he was, yeah, he, yeah, with, with hair. He kind of looks like, you, you know those websites where you have, like, Really bad celebrity impersonations, <laughs> like, and you can hire them for your party and stuff.
1: Yeah, he
2: looks like an absolutely god awful impersonator of like Frazier, like, doesn't <laughs> character as Frazier.
1: Yeah, just, 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 I guess there was, he a, can't I, have
2: been that old, but he, he just looks
1: just that's what baldness does. He, I guess, there was just a type of bald man who was getting a lot of work in television comedy yeah, this, in the 90s. And, 1991. Hey, jason Jesus. alexander in seinfeld chickless in the Comish, and daddy-o um <laughs> uh who, who else was uh, did you mention there who was bald uh oh yeah frazier frazier but more balding you know yes yeah
2: it's when he's balding like the the being actually properly bald suits him much better
1: yeah bald much, is for comedy much sorry balding is comedy shave your head that's drama it's like that line in um, Woody yeah. Allen's Crimes and Misdemeanors to shout out some, some classic stuff. Uh, I'm sure in that documentary that's coming out, we'll be hearing a lot about Woody Allen's Crimes and Misdemeanors. But uh, in his <laughs> film by that name, Alan, uh, Alan Alders, arsehole TV executive character, has that line like, if it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not funny. And that's <laughs> that's the same kind of like idiotic principle that I think... Uh, my my own uh if it's bald it's <laughs> if it if it's balding it's comedy if it's bald it's drama <laughs> fits in with
2: well we have discussed the main thing the big twist at the end of the ep- <laughs> first episode yeah um the the first episode other than that they're obviously trying to find a missing girl uh which includes it involves interviewing two pedophiles basically
1: um mm. And right in with the paedophile content in episode one Yes <laughs> This is like edgy early 2000s yeah. stuff oh, excellence. Two, two separate paedophiles who didn't cast Eddie Larson for either of them <laughs> like, <laughs> He just I, hadn't I, I, made it big in Hollywood yeah, yeah. Time. If, if, Actually if, no, if, if, he was if, working with Scorsese On Gangs of New York
2: Working If they were making it today, he'd be right in there as the second, the second of the two pedophiles. Pedophile number two. Yeah, the the <laughs> sort of older academic pedophile.
0: <laughs> There's just, a lot of like uh, police procedure stuff. Yeah, you know, it it almost mm. feels like uh, like if if Law and Order was way less formulaic and took some notes from uh, other prestige TV. Yeah, just a lot of walking around, solving crimes. Oh no, we got to get this guy to talk.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's almost like you've got these parallel shows. You've got whims and Dutch doing a kind of like more light-hearted. Cop show about more likable and professional characters, and then they just have to coexist in this universe with Vic Mackey and Shane Vendrell and and Strike Team, you know. So they're just like these. It's almost like these two shows rubbing up against each other, which creates like the central friction of the show, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And it keeps it, it does keep it interesting because, yeah, you've got these different threads that do have quite different tones, and you never have much of a chance to get bored with it.
1: Yeah. Um, Something I, I like that kind of fits within the like making the tough man relatable kind of trope that you see in a lot of these shows is like how um, Vic Mackey has to like enlighten himself on autism because he finds out two of his kids are oh, autistic yeah. so he's got to like get woke on that stuff and like strike team have all got to get woke on it too or they'll piss him off because <laughs> like shane finds his uh how to deal with a child having a child who has autism book and he and he's like oh well what did, what asshole owns this oh, oh i feel sorry for these slurs you know (laughs) like and and then Vic has to kind of pour his heart out and be like look yeah so that that i guess shows you uh, a different side to him but i thought it's interesting actually like he breaks up with his wife really quickly in the show i thought that they were gonna have a couple of seasons at least of Mm -hmm. him being um you know the the him kind being of, a well-intentioned husband and father whose job puts strain husband trying to make it work, sort of thing on yeah. his marriage. Yeah, but no, he, it's straight up from the show there. Just like, no, this guy would be impossible to live with. <laughs> uh, who else you got in Strike Team? You got Lem, something Lemansky, Curtis Lemansky. That's it. Um, and Ronnie Gardocki, who uh, basically, yeah, Lem, one of the later seasons, kind of for climax is uh something to do with lem and after that ronnie takes uh, a much more prominent role but initially uh, i even heard sean ryan say this in that interview like ronnie is kind of just like meat in the scenes uh originally he's just like the other guy so i barely even like realized he was a character for ages i just thought of the strike team as like lem shane and uh uh vic and, um, you know, and like the other sort of people who they draft in and don't get on with them and leave again. But <laughs> but like, Ronnie's there the entire time. <laughs> and then they only really make him like a proper character later on. But I guess the guy who played him was friends with Sean Ryan. Yeah, they agreed. They agreed they'd give him a kind of extra role at the start and then sort of colour in the character as they went on. They did. Yeah. Yo! Yo! I want to watch more Sean Ryan stuff, actually, because just like the kind of show he does is like uh, (laughs) SWAT, the unit, just like shows about tough fucking professionals who like combat bad guys. (laughs) Um, But the unit I especially want to watch because it's created by David Mamet and uh, Mamet was doing the unit around the time that he became a Republican. Because he was always more of a liberal kind of uh, writer and billmaker. You know, Glenn yeah. Gary Glenn Ross is a, a really good critique right. of like rapacious capitalism, you know, always be closing. But after that, uh, you know, sometime in the 2000s, probably he, his brain got destroyed by 9-11 like many people. But um, Mamet just started listening to loads of Rush Limbaugh and um, <coughs> so it seemed to destroy his career. I don't, you know, he must have gone pretty, got pretty intolerable to be around because he always yeah. steadily worked before that. And I don't think he's directed a film since his uh, 2013 film about the late Phil Spector, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that wasn't that good or anything. And that wasn't actually a proper film, it was for HBO. So, I, I mean, I'm kind of curious to see the unit to see if, like, you can see Mammoth getting more reactionary in real time. Like maybe it starts off, they're kind of like critiquing the war on terror a little bit. And by the end, they're just like, uh, Muslims had it coming. We need to we need to follow the policy laid out by the governor of Michigan in season one of Designated Survivor and put them all in internment camps. Great, great change. That does happen in season one of Designated Survivor. Or like, no, it's like the police were arresting all the Muslims. I don't know what they do with them after that maybe it's worse um but yeah sean ryan was executive producer on the unit with uh with mamet wrote wrote an episode there's one of these like i guess because american network not american network tv but american tv drama is such a collaborative thing you always have a ton of writers so like if you look at um you know swat which uh you know sean ryan has been making and i know that he's involved in like in the writing room and stuff from interviews but written by one episode uh timeless written by one episode uh mad dogs written by one episode uh the unit teleplay one episode written by one episode so it's like you know i guess the shield is much the same i mean you've only got you got 17 episodes written by sean ryan but it's not a kind of uh, I'm trying to think of a situation because there are there are some american tv dramas where uh oh like Shane Fontana i think what's his, is that, what's his name basically the creator of oz tom fontana wrote basically i was thinking of shane fontaine um tom fontana um like pretty much wrote every episode of oz or even no, even mm-hmm. when other people were collab- uh, were credited, he'd rewritten most of what they contributed. Um, so I don't that's think it's it's one me. of these shows. I think there's a there's a proper um, kind yeah. of like TV thing. And I think uh, Kurt Sutter, who was a writer on it, um, went on to create Sons of Anarchy. And I've seen people say that you can really identify the, the uh, kind of dialogue that's written like him. Although I haven't seen that show.
2: You, you see that a lot with obviously a lot of these series where they've got like 20-odd episodes a season or, or 13 at the least, you know. Mm. Um, you, you can't really have one guy do as a as a solo project. Um, but you the get a lot balls. Yeah. apart from ours yeah, yeah but like something like something like Twin Peaks you, you can like the original run you can almost tell exactly how involved David Lynch was yeah. Well, yeah, obviously the, the ones he directs are self-explanatory but yeah. you can still get a, a good Lynchian vibe in the ones not directed by him when he's about and yeah. then it generally goes completely off the rails when he's not interested anymore because the network yeah, fucking yeah, around yeah. too much
1: and I um, think to be fair with Sean Ryan he does always keep a kind of hands on role in his shows as a producer and head writer, even if he's not. Yeah. Literally oh, yeah, writing yeah, the script yeah. to every episode himself. So, yeah, you're right. The I these think...
2: examples may be a bit extreme in that the, yeah, I, just I don't bored and fucked up entirely.
1: <laughs> exactly. I don't think The Shield ever suffered. Actually, I think Sean Ryan was head writer for the entire run of the show, which yeah. means that there's a consistency to it, which certain shows he would have had
2: the The most input into like the overarching plots, and um, you know, probably would have been able to veto anything that didn't fit his vision of it. You know, I think exactly how the these things
1: work. One of the things he was saying that like the writing team would try and get Vic to kill people in like every episode, and he was like, "Look, this guy, <laughs> this guy is bad, but he's not a serial killer. Like, yes, he does kill people, but in moderation." <laughs> <laughs> he's on um, a killing diet yeah 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 <laughs> moderate killing sensible killing okay sensible i mean that's western foreign policy Sen- a sensible level of killing. <laughs> 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 um it's, it's an awesome show yeah i'm just looking through what happens in the early episodes to see if i i don't know i just found it really funny but there's like um uh one of her drug deeds it's just called armadillo because I just pictured an armadillo. I just thought it'd be funny, if it, if it was an actual armadillo, <laughs> made to call him the shots, <laughs> just this weird little scaly animal.
2: Again, David Lynch needs to run more shows because that <laughs> that would happen.
1: Strike Team. Uh, they their thing that they do on the street is but they They crack down hard on certain gangs. Other gangs, they let exist uh so yeah. long as they give them money and then they like steal drugs from evidence lockers and give it to gangs to sell and like and stuff like they're corrupt in like so many different ways like this is why the cop in the first episode was going undercover in their team
2: yes yeah. like that's but why specifically he, the, the justification he gives is that they think that Mackie's essentially got a, a drug dealer working for him you know yeah Without having watched more he than has. two episodes, I'm pretty certain it's true. Like, oh yeah, he's not <laughs> right. in doubt at any stage, is it?
1: <laughs> you don't know the half of it, man. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. At one point, they they like rip off the Armenian mob, which they call the the money train, and they just like steal so much money <laughs> It's, like absurd amounts of money. And so they spend several seasons trying to cover that up. I think like some some good directors worked on the show. Uh, oh, David Mamet worked on the show. Directed an episode called Stray, um, Strays rather what was the episode called oh no what power is i thought it was an episode called white power is dot 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 what white power is and it's like a shane vendrell focused episode where he just explains his white supremacist views yeah.
2: where in Mamet's journey was this because uh, is the answer going to be good bad
1: <laughs> <laughs> um this i think this was uh oh yeah this was a couple of years before Mamet started openly expressing conservative views i think probably okay. around the time he was turning though because there's this film called spartan starring val kilmer from around this time which right. is not it's not about the spartans it's not about uh like so i read the biography uh the the memoir written by oasis's first drummer um tony mccarroll who was cruelly smeared by noel gallagher for the last 25 years as a shit drummer even though like definitely maybe has all his drumming on and is easily their best album. So what do you say to that, Noel? Uh, but uh, he's he calls people a Spartan, meaning like a solid guy. Like, I guess they, that's a Manchester thing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, David Mamet's Spartan is a sort of counter-terrorism thing. Uh, So I think maybe he was becoming highly concerned about the threat of uh, Islamist terrorism around that point, which possibly does indicate his political trajectory. A
2: a lot of wealthy people suddenly became quite concerned about that (laughs) in the audience. Grim. (laughs)
1: Really
2: grim.
1: You guys are in for a treat when Forrest Whitaker turns up in the show. It's an amazing performance. Forrest Whitaker is the kind of guy who he can, you know, he can convey a genuine personal warmth and an equal amount of menace just in, in, in you know, while speaking very softly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, uh, he's a brilliant, brilliant actor, uh, and he just gets more and more kind of, like, legally, what's that, for? I can't remember who I, oh, yeah, I, you know how I described uh, Hank's trajectory in Breaking Bad as he gets cucked by crime? And by the end, he's just got no respect for himself as a man because of his failures as a police officer. It just damages his uh, masculine equilibrium so much. There, there, there's like um, a real cucked by crime situation with Forrest Whitaker's character. He just can't get Vic Mackey, and he, by the end, he just thinks he he uh, this guy who won't even bend the rules of the police to um, like. Uh, stop his mentally ill wife being prosecuted for something. Um, this 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 super principal guy is by the end just like doing corrupt shit to try and frame Vic Mackey, and it's it's a brilliant <laughs> performance. Just the way that he gets, you know, Whitaker literally like. At one point, like when there was a gap between episodes he did, he like shaved his head and he lost large amounts of weight as the series went on to just convey the desperation of this guy who is just obsessed with Vic Mackey. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously I he's a pretty heavyweight actor, Forrest Whitaker, Uh, who immediately, I think, Actually, Sean Ryan said that he was just getting his Oscar for *The Last King of Scotland* when this show was airing. So they basically cast him at the best possible time. Yeah, <laughs> they had they had him like I think just before he became uh, even more banked. Just before star, the
2: the price to cast him for a season would have gone through the roof. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And they had him contracted for a certain amount of episodes, so he couldn't fuck off. Mm-hmm. So he's in. He's in like 13 episodes or something, um, which is more, more than Glenn Close did, as, as far as I can remember. Oh, and in terms of uh, people from the world of cinema who contributed to the show, you also had um, an episode or two directed by Frank Darabont. Um, I right, wasn't yeah. Aw- I wasn't aware that he directed non Stephen King things, but. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he,
2: started, he, um, he started The Walking Dead, didn't he, and got bunted from it eventually.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot actually. Yeah, he. I guess Frank Darabont has um, transitioned into television, especially since yeah. his uh, unloved 2007 picture, The Mist, um, which I haven't seen.
2: Good film. Is it? Good. Yeah, yeah. Good film. Um, it's not a masterpiece, but it's it's worth a watch.
1: I'll check it out. I usually like good Stephen King potboiler.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: it's it's very good within that over. Um, nice. Yeah. I mean, I I like the Green Mile, uh, with caveats. I t- I talked about mm-hmm. that with Yaya a while back. Uh, I I don't. I think it was with Yaya. It might have been with FFF actually, but uh, we'd probably touched on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah, I've still actually never seen the Shawshank Redemption. Just <laughs> it's never never interested me particularly. I've seen it
0: like once years ago. It was okay, I guess, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not a glowing appraisal there um, <laughs> um, oh, and he cut his teeth on the young indiana jones chronicles <laughs> uh, which he later parlayed into an uncredited rewrite on indiana jones and the crystal skull the again unloved nice. 2008 <laughs> film um, <laughs> um just as a, as, as a kind of counterpoint, so yeah, you've been watching Mindhunter recently, which is, like, the most prestige of the prestige television drama. Like, you know the way that The Shield is like, uh, we need to bring this guy in, next scene. So, you motherfucker, now we've brought you in, what do you have to tell us? <laughs> like, uh... It will be like in Mindhunter, Hunter. There'll be like a ten-minute scene of them like sitting in the car on the way to go and meet <laughs> and guy <that> or something. <laughs> uh, and I'm not complaining. So
0: many shots on airplanes, just them sitting
1: talking. Uh, yeah. Shooting the shit about serial killers, yeah. It's um, and, and it's a super good show. I'm not trying to denigrate it, but I definitely enjoyed it in a different way to the Shield. And and I mean, yeah, I was wondering what your thoughts, having just sort of watched the two almost simultaneously, because I imagine you're still working yeah. your way through Mind Hunter, and you paused to watch the Shield. Uh, well, I did manage to finish watching
0: Mind Hunter, actually. Oh, okay, um, well, there's not got, much of it, is there? In. No, just two seasons right now. Yeah, uh, I think it's yeah, it not was, coming it, back, it was good, definitely a different feel. It was like, um, I, well, unsurprisingly, I suppose it kind of felt like a David Fincher film in the aesthetic, it was quite
1: dark and gloomy, like Zodiac or something, yeah, and super uh, procedural, not, not like the oh, bits yeah. of proceed. You got the kind of like almost like kind of soapy procedural stuff, which you see uh, whims and Dutch get into in The Shield. But like, uh, yeah, the, it's all Plenty about of integrity. thrilling paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're getting in trouble with the uh, internal
0: affairs, but we'll yeah. work it out. I don't know. <laughs> That's more like well, The Shield's
1: internal affairs. Well,
0: one, one similarity that I saw was um, between, I guess, Tench and his son... And Vic and yeah. his son. Um, I mean, I don't know where the uh, autism story is going to go with that one yet because I haven't seen too far. But it's like, oh, look, they're both <laughs> hyper-masculine, uh, toxic guys who are having to deal with the fact that their children are not neurotypical.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. I mean, Tench is very macho. I wouldn't say he's as toxic... As toxic as Vic necessarily? Um. Uh,
0: I wouldn't say like for the time, maybe I guess. But yeah, he definitely does drop slurs like here and there, like uh, smear the queer and and stuff like that. Oh right, yeah, I guess it's his. But
1: yeah, he's he's he's
0: kind of he's a good cop.
1: Like yeah, yeah, but he is a cop. He's a middle-aged cop of a certain age in the (laughs) seventies. (laughs) (laughs)
0: smoking so many cigarettes (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i I love tench honestly such a (laughs) such a good performance by the guy who plays him like real like plenty
0: of whiskey just real grizzled old detective type yeah
1: the kind of wounded bear thing (laughs) but um but yeah yeah i mean in terms of how the trajectory of tench's son compares uh to uh that of Vic Mackey's son. I mean, well Mindhunter is unfortunately truncated and it's such a slow plot that ending it after two seasons means that you barely get to see anything unfold, but um is it like officially cancelled or what? Yeah, I think Finch oh, Finch man. Has said that it took too much time for him and was unlikely to get the budget it needed uh, to do another oh, series. Oh, that sucks. Maybe in a few years they'll return to it or something, but Finch has basically got like a black a blank check with Netflix to do like other stuff so i think you'll yeah. be pursuing other projects for a while but and um, they, they, they gotta follow up they don't like the btk stuff yeah they so just much. keep trailing that they're never, <laughs> <laughs> they never fucking <laughs> like actually got around to doing it
0: like there's like an episode where they're all kind of musing about it
1: like oh i wonder who it could be and then that's it <laughs> that's the guy the btk killer is the guy who they show in the flashbacks like doing autoerotic asphyxiation and not yeah. flashbacks but like these cutaway scenes that are completely yeah. separated from the main plot um yeah no I, have you seen Mindhunter at all uh garen no no i haven't no oh right De- okay decent show decent decent stuff um Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, the I guess the difference between Tench's son and Mindhunter is that Tench's son is kind of like, I uh, uh, like, a fucking little Dexter in the making or something. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> definitely setting it up as like, oh, what if the guy investigating serial killers had a son who is going to become a serial killer?
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Whereas they never, like, demonize for uh, the, uh uh, Vic Mackey's autistic son like it's what they're they're, all, they're always very sympathetic <laughs> to him and stuff they, they show him as being like difficult to live with but i mean yeah. you know at, at the same time it's always it's it's never like you know they're never like i think in the also. last
0: episode i saw his son had just like bitten their baby daughter oh face. yeah
1: yeah yeah you're right they, they i well, think they yeah. they basically like the line of the show is like you give him a proper love and care and uh <laughs> yeah. you know but, but then he might grow out of that kind of stuff and it's just i think they say you Probably know he, does, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't understand certain things in the way that we do that's how vic explains it so i think they're, yeah. they're quite overall quite empathetic uh in that great great show. Yeah. um but But yeah, I mean, like, obviously the meat of the show is not the man dealing with his autistic son. It is that man uh, on the streets, you know, he's he's allergic to desks. You'll never (laughs) find He's always just like asking "Hey Dutch, can you do my paperwork for me? (laughs) It's like he uh, he's sort of like I mean, he's not lazy, but he'll just he'd just rather be out there like pounding heads. Uh, burning guys' cheeks off on gas cookers than, uh, than, (laughs) than, 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 you know, doing boring fucking paperwork and procedure, all that nonsense. Like I say, it's like it's two shows fighting each other. There is a procedural in there, but it's it's not the main show. In terms of, like, actual laziness in the show, one of the best characters who doesn't really get expanded upon until later seasons is steve billings who is just this like shiftless idle fucking slacker bald you'll be surprised to learn uh and he he's just like just the most like lazy piece of shit like in the words of dutch he takes nine to five very seriously (laughs) because like dutch is there late working on some case and someone asks him where billings is and it's like oh he went home uh, billings is constantly like um he's like a benefit cheat he's he's trying to claim that he got knocked on the head uh breaking up a fight uh involving i think vic and dutch and uh that that gave him like a disability uh and he's trying to sue the department <laughs> and uh so he He's always just trying to, like, slack as much as possible, do the absolute minimum amount of work. Like, Dutch will be thinking about how they can best pursue this killer. And Billings will be like, oh, no, sorry, I'm taking Friday off so I can have a three-day weekend. (laughs) <laughs> and, and yeah because eventually billings and dutch get stuck together they have to become partners because claudette gets promoted so uh just terrible for dutch like he just gets stuck with like the shittest cop and uh, he's no longer being like challenged um uh, you know with with claudette there
0: hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's definitely it's a different angle with the shield versus mindhunter because uh It's like Mindhunter is very much like more behind the scenes, more of the theoretical side. I mean, they sometimes Mm. advise on cases, but I can't think of any like real like the where they chase down the suspects themselves and (laughs) have like a little gunplay or something. Whereas in the Shield, it's a lot more the front lines.
1: Yeah. And a key difference between the two shows is that the is that Mindhunter is about feds and the shield is firmly about local police. And they show the kind of uh divide between uh feds and local police in Mindhunter where they kind of yeah. whenever whenever they turn up like to uh, uh get involved in a case, like for, quite often the local police are um resistant or even if the local police want them involved, then their superiors will basically tell them to fuck off and stop investigating the case. Um and in the shield, indeed, like all the cops just have like maximum contempt for anyone who works for the federal government. They all, they're pure, they're purely Farmington guys, you know. It's like in uh when I asked Jimothy Baker about Gapes' foreign policy in his uh Gape cast appearance during the election and he was like, Oh well, you know, I just know about Ilford really. <laughs> <laughs> These, they they are pure Farmington people here. They don't have time for the wider United States of America, right? <laughs> Apart from Acevedo, who I'm sure wants to be president. <laughs> Acevedo for president, yes, <laughs> hell yeah. No, nah, Alcavador is like Mayor Pete or something. <laughs> like literally, just a fucking cop. Like I'm sure Mayor Pete just joined the army so he could put it on his CV for when he became a politician. You know, or didn't 100%, he work? For, yeah. Didn't he work for some private security firm as well? Like uh, that, uh, uh, that has done much so. evil things. That did like a, that ran assassination squads in Afghanistan uh, or something like that. Well, anyway, yeah, uh, I think that basically, yeah, Mayor Pete's uh, military service is basically the same as Acevedo's uh, level of commitment to the police. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other key points I wanted to make about this show? Um I don't know. Not for the time being, really. I I just think it's great. I really enjoyed watching it. I think, as Charlie Brooker said in that review I read at the start, it provides a kind of hard-boiled counterpoint to these kind of studiously observed, uh, solemn shows like The Wire, Mindhunter, uh, probably probably The Sopranos. It's much more like Oz, like I say, fast-paced, vulgar, extreme... Uh, Apart from not containing the F word, but it's, (laughs) yeah, but bitch. bitch, Yeah. Just lots of, (laughs) it's on FX, just like Breaking Bad. So yeah, exactly. They can say bitch as much as they want, but no fucks, (laughs) Fuck is bad. Anyway, here's a guy being forced to suck another guy's dick at gunpoint. (laughs) Yeah. Great show. Honestly, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was excited to see the rest of it.
2: Yeah. Definitely going to plow on with more of that soon, I think.
1: Yeah, well, if you guys do, then let me know what you think. We'll maybe reconvene and talk some more about it at a future date. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm loving these uh, RP deep dives into classic television shows, like Designated Survivor. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> uh, man i'm watching dexter at the moment like hence i mentioned him earlier and <laughs> i think it might i think the the head writer might be the shield alumni but i'm, I'm not sure actually but and but it's just cool seeing people from other TV dramas in that. Like uh it's got the woman who plays Dr. Nathan in Oz in it and uh it's got the guy who plays Cornelius fucking George H. W. Bush in Designated Survivor as like oh, the head of the Florida police. <laughs> so it's just seeing him like sick. I love this guy. Because he was really good in that role. I, I thought he was a, a great George H.W. Bush type, but it's just that it was a terrible yeah. show.
0: <laughs> the yeah. guy's an awesome act. There were some good performances all around in that show. It,
1: the acting wasn't necessarily the bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes it was, to be honest. But it it <laughs> was, sometimes. <but laughs> Keeper Sutherland's a pro. I, I'm almost yeah. tempted just mainly for the show like if we do kind of make a habit of doing these like deep dives into uh quote-unquote classic tv shows although the shield is not quote-unquote classic it is classic um i would quite <laughs> like to do one on 24 because i think there'd be a lot of material in there for us i've never I watched it to same, that, actually, actually same. Yeah. i've
2: not seen it at all no. and i think it's getting added to disney plus next week
1: it's, never on, the, to- it's <laughs> never on the streaming services but it's going on one of them I think they may even be rebooting it. I mean, I'm not. I'll fucking illegally download it. I'm not signing up to Disney. Fuck yeah, twice. yeah. I know.
2: Well, we <laughs> My family provided, already has a a providing, a, well, a, providing a cover story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um my main kind of vision of 24 is the like 24 parody episode of south park where the terrorists have put a bomb <laughs> in yeah. and, and cartman's just like uh going around like he these muslims move into south park and cartman like takes them prisoner <laughs> and is like injecting farts <laughs> into them <laughs> yeah. yeah so my my vision of of of, of uh, a show that, as far as I know, I've never seen 24. It's just like, yeah, just ripping out Muslims Muslims' entrails, just being like, tell me where the bomb is!
2: Yes. I, I, I just think of, of Lee, Lee Hurst yelling about a, a time bomb strapped to a baby. That's
1: 24 <laughs> for me.
0: He is bald. He Extrem- is bald. <laughs> and was that a warning that maybe we should watch Dexter to <laughs>
1: talk about uh, that? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Dexter's not as much. I, I, there's not as much there to talk about in, in terms of, uh, you okay. know, Po- politics baldness i mean he's got great head of hair on him i don't know what we could really say about that um i mean I, d- I do think it's a decent show uh but i think uh if we wanted to like get deep into some show i think something like 24 would be much more within our lane yes yeah there's okay yeah. Because yeah. I I love doing the film and TV criticism and stuff, but I feel like it it's best when it has that little political angle. If you've got, got a you bit of a hook, can... so it's, sure it shows...
2: yeah, 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 exactly to, to fool the people that that tune in to our, our political episodes to to, to <laughs> listen to them. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we you know we've t- been talking about movies, uh, well, sorry, about TV actually for a. A good, like, uh, almost two hours now. And we've yep. ripped on loads of melts and cool yep. fuckers. And so I think, if, you know, people have got their money's worth, even though I'll probably put this out as a free episode, but so to speak. You know. <laughs> They've just about got their money's worth, Still, alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, got yeah. some Great value for money. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe we should be paying them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm a bit tired anyway. So, should we call Same, it a night? Yeah. That's um that's, yeah.
2: that's pretty good. Yeah, got a lot of material right without like taking 3 hours, so that's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. So, thank you folks for listening to RP on the shield and Eddie Marson's um rapidly accelerating brain disease. Yeah. <laughs> peace out, guys. So, peace. Guys enjoy the remainder of your weekend. You too. Well do. Have a good one guys. See awesome. um see ya. <laughs>
0: crowdsourcing.